Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Fanatical Elves Show, part of the Elves Network. We are a bunch of wild and crazy Cleveland Browns fans, bringing you all the latest in Browns news. Tune in now. Good evening and welcome to another episode of the Fanatical Elves show, part of the Fanatical Elves Network. I am your host, John Suchan tonight, and we are joined by Steve Gill, a great contributor to our Fanatical Elves Network. Hello, Steve. How are you? Doing great. A little hot down here in Nashville, but uh, yeah, the heat cranked up finally. Do you have, Did you get some good rain over the last uh, day or two? Sunday and uh, just a sprinkle today. Uh, it, it's probably going to rain Sunday because uh, right now we've got down uh, southeast of here in Manchester, we have one of the largest outdoor music festivals. It's called Bonnaroo. Ooh. Uh, got Goo Goo Dolls, uh, Kendrick Lamar, Sheryl Crow, Paramore. Ooh. And uh, it usually rains down oh, there. Wow. expecting about 80,000. It'll now become the fifth largest city in the state of tennessee <laughs> it's all on a farm oh yeah that's cool campers um, tents rvs <laughs> well i've just been so happy this last week i've been talking about it the other podcast but we we finally got some solid rain here in the buckeye state we have been drier than all get out for three weeks it didn't rain here and so wow nice to see the uh I felt like I was back in Kansas. I think I've said that a couple times on other shows. And uh, <laughs> Kansas, they've been getting more rain out there than we have here in Ohio. So it's been nice to have the rain. But now it was a beautiful day here up in the Buckeye State. And we are excited. Um, again, we're summertime folks. And the Browns have just finished up mini camp. And we've got lots to talk about. Steve, is he? he you're a contributor. to? You want to tell everybody again who, where you contribute? ClevelandSportsTalk.com. And you also have and an additional blog. Hopefully next week I'll have my own blog, I mean my own podcast going, uh, Dog Pound South. 
we are excited to include that in our group of podcasts. We've got your show starting up. We've got my own show, the Johnny Cleveland podcast. Rod Bloom will be, uh, uh, he'll be coming out tomorrow morning with his Browns Blitz. Joel, the, uh, the left guard, and Elliot both have the football philosophy and rocket science. And Joel has his, what the elf what was the that? Elf? <laughs> Just love that. He has those segments, um, the, the Borg. And then the my favorite part, the Raider or not the the Raven hate segment. The Raven which we, hate. We just jump on how much we, we want loathe. to encourage that. Yes, but um, what do you? I, I like your uh, background tonight, Steve. I, I noticed we have the fanatical elf in the background. You're yeah at, at your home. That's that's a great sight to see. Speaking that, of logos, that was, you, uh, that was a banner given to me by my wife. Excellent choice. Good job, wife. And the autograph helmet over here behind me has got Jim Brown, Marion Motley, and um, Otto Graham autographs Excellent. on it. Oh, wonderful. And then that was the helmet given to me by a late friend of mine. That's an That's actual cool. game helmet. Yeah, one of the game helmets. I'm impressed, yeah. Steve, that you can do this because I, I do this and I try to point and I have no sense of direction. So I don't know. <laughs> I, oh, know I know I have some blood. I have the a black curtain behind here. me. The bookcase is there, and my other computer is there. <laughs> well, um, so let's get into this a little bit. Uh, you know, it's All been right. a week. We've gotten it out of, well, I guess the first thing I want to ask you, since we're talking about logos and then the Fanatical Elf show, you know, we have we are dedicated to the elf. But this last week, the Brownies did introduce, again, their new, uh, voted on by the people, the fans, the new bulldog or bull, you know, there the the dog logo. I know in new last cartoon night, dog, yeah, the uh, fanatical or the football <laughs> philosophy and rocket science. The village Elliot talked about the Browns originally being or the Canton Bulldogs originally. Canton Bulldogs, yeah. So, what what's your take on the whole new um, logo with the Browns and the the dog? I don't care, you know. I'm passionate about the elf because Art Modell hated it and wanted to get rid of it. So that's why every Browns backer group, when the team came back in 99, incorporated it somewhere on their T-shirt and logo. Uh, the only logo I care about is that one. Yes, yes. Let's keep it clean, keep it original. But, mm -hmm. you know, if you're into the, 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 the merchandising aspect of it, uh, that's great. I mean, you know. <laughs> more new stuff to buy and if you listen to the old uh well our episode the other night go back and listen to some of it with the uh what the elf was that joel was very um pointed he went around he showed the uh the description of what these all these little side th or things that are yeah they put that out the team put that out i just i we were just having a good laugh it's like come on man we're 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 in the Dog days of uh, well, we're not dog days of summer yet, but we're in that in between stage where we're you know we're going to try to eat up as much time with our fans oh, and yeah. uh, so okay, so we're after the the mini camp, and you know I came out with an article today on Dog Pound Daily I saw about it. three three breakout uh, candidates included in that were yep. Elijah Moore, yep, Jerome Ford, and yep. Martin Emerson. So, uh, and Martin Emerson, you know, in the article I wrote and, you know, if you go take a, you know, do some Googling on 
Martin Emerson and some what other groups like uh, PFF and some other uh, blogs are saying that, you know, Martin could really, he's really good and he did really well. Oh, yeah, and I think you and I saw that last year. Now he's in a new system with Jim Schwartz. What are your takes on those three guys? And let's, let's just start with Martin and Emerson. <clears throat> well, first of all, I, I live in SEC country. Mm. I had never heard of him. And he played for Mississippi State, but uh, but you're you're covering some of the best wide receivers in the country when you're playing in the SEC. That's yeah. just a fact, you know. Besides Ohio State, which is now and still is wide receiver, you uh, <laughs> every team in the SEC has got a couple great wide receivers. Hmm. So I I thought he held his own last year. He was thrown at a lot because he was the rookie. Mm-hmm. And I think I think he did extremely well. Um, Jerome Ford, I am looking forward to him getting more touches. I know mm-hmm. Elliot has really put down the fact that he had like twelve carries last year. I think he actually had increase. Yeah. He had or eight. eighteen or what? He, eight? he had eight carries for twelve yards. Okay, well he's going to have a lot more. But he also uh, had some... thirty. He had thirty kickoffs for two hundred and like seventy three yards. So. We've seen he he went for a long for about forty eight yards on one of yep. them, and we've yep. seen they that finally yep. put him in as the kick returner. I was calling for that since the preseason, and every article I wrote, can we try Jerome Ford at kick returner, yeah. please? Yeah, and he proved it. I'm looking forward to him. Stump Mitchell is really high on him, and Stump mm-hmm. Mitchell knows running backs. As for Elijah Moore, I have loved him since he played at Ole Miss. I like how they're moving him around. Uh, he is going to be a serious matchup problem no matter where they put him. The defense is going to have to account for him. And then also Cooper and then mm-hmm. Njoku and then Chubb or Ford coming out of the backfield. So I so can't wait for offense. Steve, with that, that in mind, you mentioned, you know, four, five, six guys on offense. And we know yeah. there's only one football. And I know this isn't Odell Beckham Jr. and this isn't Jarvis Landry anymore, but there will be a point. And Elijah Moore, you know, give him as an example. I know he's only coming into his third year, but he wanted kind of out of New York. Yeah. And I guess my concern just in general, maybe it's not Elijah Moore. Maybe it's one of these other guys you just mentioned, but someone's not going to be happy. Now, how they carry that and how they, behave will be interesting what are your thoughts on that well a reporter asked amari cooper that question you know there's only one football what happens if it decreases your chances of getting catches and he said if we're winning it doesn't matter i mean he's he is like steve that's amari cooper but that's amari cooper and that's nick chubb that's and those those are the two i'm i i don't i i totally agree with that and and what you're saying about amari cooper and Chubb, I'm more concerned again still about Elijah Moore because he's young. He's coming into the new system. And while well, look, look who his yeah. quarterbacks were last year. I mean, yes. come on. <laughs> he's going to be catching passes from Deshaun Watson. I think yes. he's very happy about that. Uh, winning takes all that crap away. Mm-hmm. I, I well, am not we saw that in 2020. Griping. I think yeah. they're all on the same page. It was a very upbeat, positive mandatory OTA, um, no fights, no 
arguments, everything moves smoothly from what I saw. Every mm -hmm. like I said, everybody seems to be on the same page. I'm happy. Let me ask you this about the cornerback. Still only sipping, though. That yeah, Martin Emerson. We we like he's he's <laughs> drinking the Kool-Aid. Um sipping. <laughs> sipping. Martin Emerson and with the cornerbacks. I, I heard uh, again the village Elliot and Joel talking about this a little bit about the they were describing the defenses in the AFC North and Elliot went through and did some detailed look back at some things with depth. And actually I think the Ravens, no, I'm sorry. The Bengals were last in his rankings as far as defense. The Ravens yeah, they were lost second. Both their safeties. Well, I guess the question is they, they came back to talking about the Brownies and, and, and Elliot talked about, the weakness and his concern with the cornerbacks. Now we just talked about Martin Emerson. You also have Greg Newsom and Denzel Ward, which you and I both have probably written about and talked about even on this show in the past. I'm not real high on, I mean, the fact those two guys and we've with injuries, concussions, I guess the, the could the Browns still invest more money in finding another cornerback for more depth? And are you concerned in that no. area going into the season? No, not really. Um, they'll bring in Rodney McLeod, mm -hmm. the number three safety. He can cover. Mm -hmm. You know, he, he knows Schwartz's system. Mm -hmm. You got Cameron Mitchell, the rookie, who played a lot of slot in college. Yes. Uh, then you got A.J. Green. I am completely happy mm -hmm. with A.J. Green. I, You know, what I want to say, the talent, is there. I just mm -hmm. want to see how Schwartz is going to bring them together so we don't have any more finger pointing and missed assignments like we did last year. Last year mm -hmm. was a mess. And mm -hmm. you saw it uh, late game, game two, mm -hmm. where it all came to fruition against the Jets. Quickly. I mean, I mean it was know, it, nobody it knew where they were supposed to be. That whole thing happened within a, a blink of the eye. It just... A minute 30 it was a minute something. Yeah. 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 I was in this. I was there with many fans in the stands and it was stunning. <laughs> what happened? It just summed up what was going to happen for the rest of the year. Now you, you got a true free safety in Thornhill. Mm -hmm. Delpit will play more up to the line of scrimmage like he's used to doing. I just want to, I want to get into training camp and see some preseason games. Like I said last week, game number three at Philadelphia. That's going to be your dress rehearsal. It's all mm -hmm. going to be vanilla defense and offense, but you can, you can see a, a, a few things of how they're going to, what they're going to do. And they're going up a print against the probably, well, yeah, the best team in the uh, NFC, the Eagles. So yes, Browns fans will find out fast what yeah. impact Jim Schwartz has on the secondary. That's the only thing I'm worried about. I'm not worried about defensive line. If the defensive line does what they're supposed to do, the linebackers, mm -hmm. it frees up the linebackers to do what they're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. So, it, yeah. And like Joel and I were talking, secondary. we talked about this the other night about how Schwartz's defense is built to sort of bend but not break and allow, you know, kind of anticipating the offense, their opponent eventually making mistakes, um, allowing. Well, it's built on pressure. He, he, okay. he there's an old football saying. Uh, pressure, uh, 
let's see how it goes. Uh, coverage uh, creates sacks, pressures creates interceptions and incompletions. Right. And that's an old school philosophy when it comes to football. And I think that's what Schwartz wants to do. They did an amazing drill. I don't know if you saw it on social media. Mm. They put two defensive uh, linemen against each other and they'd snap the ball and whoever hit the pad first was the winner. And they did mm. it with all these pairings, uh, Smith and Garrett, and they did it. Oh, like, that's what they were doing there? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They want to get, they want to be off the ball quicker than they were last year. I got on you. the defensive line. I like yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Um, that helps. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, uh, Steve, I think we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. This is a good okay. chance to take kind of uh, regroup. We're going to, uh, actually, be, uh, after the break, we uh, Steve and I were talking off air um, about Cleveland Browns and our, our uh, some movies and some things, and getting us kind of in in the fever to for the Brown season coming up. And so we're gonna talk about one of those movies that maybe you've already uh, watched a time or two. So we're gonna take yeah. this quick break. This is the Fanatical Elves show, part of Fans First uh, Sports Network. We'll be right back. Okay, folks, we are back. We are the Fanatical <coughs> Elves show, part of the Fanatical Elves Network and Fans First Sports Network. I'm John Suchan, and we've got Steve Gill here, a great contributor to our network, and we just appreciate everybody again coming along. We gave away two free tickets last week, and uh, so happy for the gentleman that won those tickets. Um, he's a diehard Browns fan. Uh, actually lives on the other side. I think he's... Uh, Talked to me the other day, and uh, he's up there in Canada. And oh, wow. so he's he's going to be coming down for that game in uh, week four against the Baltimore Ravens. Shared nice. with him where the seats were. So we've got some a great location for those seats, and it's likely that we're going to be giving those seats away again at another future trivia contest. We might do some things a little differently next time, but we really appreciate you spreading the word about our podcasting if you are a Browns fan, please share the Fanatical Elves Network with your fellow Browns fans. Tell them to tune in once or twice. Check us out. We've got a lot of great contributors from myself and Steve here, the left guard Joel, and then Elliot, and we've got Rod Bloom and BP up in Pepper Pike. We uh, also get a lot of support um, from uh, Cleveland Sports Talk and uh, – the, and, and the network itself, the Fanatical Elves, or the uh, Fans First Sports Fans Network. Fans First Network. Yes. I don't know if you guys can see this. I got my dog, <laughs> Rufus, in the back. So he's moving around. You have a dog just, named Rufus? I know. We've got a dog named Rufus. Hey, that's not my – no. I, I married into the uh, into the family, so, you know. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> beautiful – my beautiful wife, Laura, uh, and her, her children – had uh, when we first met, he was a little puppy named Rufus. So it's good because Grant Man, many of you, if you listen to my other Johnny Cleveland podcast, uh, they uh, I'm going to move this so that Rufus isn't exactly in the uh, screen. Um, <laughs> it doesn't uh, hurt to have a dog on the show. Well, John. that's true. <laughs> well, he's he's turned the other way, and you know, he's up on the oh. couch. I, I I would hate for you know. <laughs> Anything, uh, you know, 
You don't want like a Baker Mayfield podcast type situation. Right, right. I'm thinking dog was rolling over on the couch. I understand. Yeah, he, he's a little too comfortable back there. But um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, okay, Steve, um, we were talking about, you know, kind of getting us into the fever and the flavor of, you know, the Browns coming back and um, not sure on their schedule. They're, I know they're, they work out in Greenbrier, West Virginia. Is that July 22nd? Uh, that's okay. a Saturday. That's when they show up there. They'll come into Berea a couple of days ahead of time. I think the 19th or the 20th. Okay. You know, physicals okay. and all that kind of stuff. Right. So we've got Make this sure wall. everybody's been a good boy while they were on vacation. Oh, speaking of vacations, you maybe heard Joel and I talking about this uh, because we were saying how, well, at least if they don't go off and, you know, go crazy and go to Vegas, like one of our former quarterbacks used to do a lot and party. Mm-hmm. Um, but our quarterback currently, yep. Deshaun Watson was in Turkey, which yep. I just thought was just funny as all get out. He's at the premier soccer games and was a little, he on Instagram, like dudes in Turkey. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, you know, got to burn through some of that money, John. He's also in Paris. Yes. Let's, oh, he went to Paris too. Oh, man. Yeah, but he's also he's also going to get the the players together in the off season. Good uh, before they head up to West Virginia, which I love. Well, I to just hear. See, yeah, and you you know, Steve, you and I have talked about this too, and the other colleagues of ours. You know, it just seems like the Browns. I mean, there's a a good vibe. You know, most teams. Yeah, you know, there is. There, but I think for the Browns, I think this is a. All these things are pointing in the right direction. It's not like our team has. Yes, we under 500, and yes, I, we've talked about it. You've talked about it. I've talked about it. The Browns need to get that turned around so they're they're more positive and not always under 500. But they are winning. They aren't where they were several years ago with the great, uh, no. horrible Hugh Jackson. And um, you know things are going the right direction. We talk. I know I heard Joel and Elliot this morning talking about that continuity and yeah. looking at other programs like the Steelers. And I know we don't like to talk about the Steelers on this show, but you know, Mike Tomlin and all these coaches have been around a while. You know, if the Browns are are willing and able to do that and keep Stefanski, you are building a a, a singular message from a group of coaches that are you know are preaching the same things and and trying to get that buy-in. And um, those things are all good. That's very important. All the other three teams in the AFC North. I mean, you know. Harbaugh's been there. Uh, the the guy up in Cincinnati, whatever his name is, I don't yeah, like Taylor? him too much. Zach, Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor. Yeah, yeah, I know. I don't like saying his name. He's a little bit of a blowhard. But anyway, <laughs> and of course Tomlin, uh, they they've been in this situation, and their owners didn't panic, and they didn't fire him. Um, it and Cincinnati. And since 2019 has a worse record than the Browns. So uh, really, so it's good. Continuity is, is always good. And the mm-hmm. only thing that you said, the vibe was different. And that's what I got. I got, I'm mm-hmm. cautiously optimistic. Uh, I know I'm a Browns fan. I've yes. been kicked in the nether regions many times by this team, but uh, I, I just get a different feel for it. Mm-hmm. That's why I can't wait for training camp. I want to see how that feels. Sure, uh, sure. I mean, just well, by the what the what they're doing in the practices is is it says a lot. 
here in Nashville, the Titans and one of the veteran sports guys who covers them said he's never seen this drill before. The wide receivers preventing a defensive back from getting an interception. Yeah. Have you ever seen a drill like that before? No. So they're you're tight like wasted. <laughs> so they're throwing the ball to yes. at a uh, at yes. a, a big dummy. And right. the wide receiver's got to jump in and bat the ball down. Yeah, let's let's just focus on the wide receivers catching the ball. That's their that's their I mean, job. Why would you practice paid. that? Oh, that's right. They have uh, Will Levis and uh, Malik Williams and Ryan Tannehill. Okay, that explains a lot. But anyway, <laughs> well, um, so before the break, I mentioned uh, we were discussing off air a movie that we kind of oh, get yeah. ourselves in the groove and what movie is that steve oh draft day draft yes. day i mean on social media the, the, they're slowly showing uh, how different teams handle different situations while they're mm-hmm. on the clock and i thought i gotta watch that again yeah because mike tannenbaum said that you know besides all the romantic stuff and the personality stuff the scenes in the draft room were very accurate to the way they were and so i thought mm-hmm. well i gotta watch that again uh-huh. And sure enough, you know, they're always looking at the clock and, you know, they're uh, talking about the deal and, you know, you know, what can yeah. we get for that? Could, could we ask for more? And, and you know, it's kind of like the moving draft day. And I'm sitting there going, uh, OK, all right. I hope they put more on social media before training camp starts. That I want to see these. That I don't care the, what team yeah. it is. I want to see it. <laughs> the um, in that movie that came out. When, tell me if I'm wrong here, but Johnny Manziel and, um, oh gosh, it's, uh, who's the other kid that was here for a while? The Browns had as their veteran quarterback in real time. Um, who was, who did Johnny Manziel go in for? Oh, Man, um, who am I? I, I can't think of the, you I, know, can't, he's I can't think of it. Quarterback trap. Anyway, but the the movie itself, like draft day, it's they kind of make that almost part of the movie. If you, I know, you, know, you have, I know, this, you got the veteran who got hurt, right, and, and you got the cocky he's rehab, right, and he wants to win. Then you got the guy, the the sh- the surefire can't miss, that nobody can find anything wrong with him, and everybody's going, did you find something? Why did why did Hoyer, you trade that Hoyer, Brian you find Hoyer. something? Brian Hoyer, Brian Hoyer, yeah. We should know that. I mean, that really, that season, you you probably recall this. We're talking about our cardiac kids history moments here. But that year when Hoyer was doing a really decent job, I think. Shanahan team, was our offensive coordinator. The team got to a record of like seven and four, I want to say. Yeah. And they, they beat. And then like, Ray, they, Ray the Farmer said, you got to play Manziel more. Oh, but then at the same time, it's funny because I go back and I even look and I'm reminded by my, my fellow relatives, cousins, friends, what I would stupidly, I would post stuff back then on social media because we were at the time, there was this real push for Manziel, not just from, I mean, Ray Farmer, but there were knucklehead fans like myself who would get pissed off with what Hoyer did or thinking that it was bad and we were pushing for Manziel, which was dumb considering the Browns had a winnings record and everything. So 
it, it's just interesting to look back at it because we really were dealing with a situation that fortunately now, like Deshaun Watson, the traveler to Turkey and France, he's a good quarterback. And we know that we have, we know what we have. And that's part of this sort of good vibe because we're not yeah. dealing with um, quarterback situation that we've gone through so many times since 99 on this list oh, yeah. of 30 some quarterbacks. I mean, it really does feed into the mental state of us fans. It does. It does. It, it wore on me. I didn't want him to draft him. I, I, you know, I, he was a great college quarterback, but mm-hmm. I, you know, and I'm no giant, but he was, a, he, he's a shrimpy. That's, that's what I call a, the, the short quarterbacks. They always draft. Baker was a shrimpy, uh, you know, you got to have a big quarterback in in this league now. So how is uh, Baker? Have you seen any footage on, I saw some footage a little bit. Oh yeah. Buccaneers. He's down there in Tampa Bay. Yeah. I can't, (laughs) I, I don't know who's going to win the NFC South. I think just at the end of the year, they're going to flip a coin. I mean, draw straws. You're the winner. Right. Because uh, I, you know, the Saints and their collection of former Buckeyes, and then you got Carolina with a five foot eight quarterback who looks like he just got out of high school. I mean, and then yes. uh, Tampa, and then you've got who else is in? Oh, Atlanta, which I have no idea what they're doing. I still can't uh, believe we lost that game last year against the Falcons. Uh, they ran that yeah, ball. Marcus over Mariota. Us. Marcus Mariota threw seven passes. Yeah, they just ran the ball the entire second half, and we sure just why not? Chunk, we couldn't stop the chunk, run. It was like anybody want to run the ball and go for twenty five yards. Here, here's the ball. <laughs> so, <laughs> I know. Uh, but uh, hopefully, we fix that with uh, our big uglies that we got: Tomlinson and Ika and. Uh, I think a very surprised candidate to make this team, if he's healthy, Maurice Hill. I mean, Maurice Hurst. Okay. Uh, yeah. He's probably the second or third best defensive lineman on this team in talent. I mean, he has the ability. He's just never had the availability. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they'll they'll probably keep nine defensive linemen, you know, tackles and edge. That's what they usually do. I think they're going to line Smith, Zedaria Smith up. So oh, you know, this starting the, the final the 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 four on the on the line. Who do you like? I heard some things. What last week they were putting um, Smith, Garrett, Tomlinson, and the double O, o squared. I can't pronounce the kid's Aranquo. name. Yeah, they had the four of them Oco on the field. Aranquo. Oh, I'm not even gonna try to say it. Um, <laughs> so they had those four. That four was guys. their first lineup. Yeah, yeah do you do you lineup. do you see that that is I mean would that be what you see happening in, on week 1? I could see Perion Winfrey lining up inside. Uh, mm-hmm. you want to create he wants to create pressure. They're going to stop mm-hmm. the run. Mm-hmm. Uh, you create pressure and uh, Smith I mean how did I don't know how this guy playing linebacker. He's mm-hmm. huge. Mm-hmm. I mean he's almost as big as Garrett and Garrett is a man mountain. Yeah. So that shows you how big they are. Um, I could see that. Yeah. I could see him lining up. There was an article um, on the offensive side of the ball. There was somebody on the athletic Zach Jackson wrote today about how he 
predicted Darden, the wide receiver, would make we'll it. beat out Bell. Second round David pick Bell. last year. I just think I that's absurd. I don't know. David Bell will get his touches. The problem with Darden is he can also return punts and kicks. Mm-hmm. Now they have Hakeem Grant, but mm-hmm. Hakeem Grant doesn't have any guarantees in his contract. Everybody's got to remember this. Yeah, you if mentioned you have yeah. a guarantee contract. Well, right now, 46 players have guarantees in their contract. Sure, they could cut them. You know, guaranteed money turns into dead money. It's like credit card interest. As long as it's manageable, you don't, mm-hmm. you know, get too overly excited. And right now they got like 16 million in dead money. That's no big deal. But 46 of the 53 have guarantees. So you can pretty much pencil mm-hmm. them in. You know, they they we talked last week about them uh, redoing Harrison Bryant's. Well, they also redid yeah. Jordan Elliott's and gave him more guaranteed yes. money. Yes. So so he might, I, I got a feeling that uh, Jim Schwartz likes Jordan Elliott. Well, and I, let and me now just, he's pretty much a, a roster lock, barring injury, a roster lock. Well, Elliott, that was, I mean, Jordan Elliott's, that signing went really unnoticed by majority of the fan base. So if you're, you know, if you're tuning in and listening to this, you know, Jordan Elliott, defensive end for the Brownies, defensive redid tackle. his defensive tackle, redid his deal and i was reading yeah. up about it a little bit but he went he went with the guaranteed money but it was less than he would have it gave him more cap space him. both of them about a million they're about yes. at 16 8 right now yeah i just i agree i think that's a really good um and it went kind of untalked about unless you go to over the cap twice a day i go once a day <laughs> you know if you go two or three times that's how fans noticed it People who I follow on on Twitter who are big cap guys, they noticed it. Mm-hmm. They said, "Wait a minute, his contract's different. They got more money. Uh, you know, they got more cap room." And then they just go down the the mm-hmm. players list, and you can yeah. see where the the change is. Well, I like the moves that we're making. I think you're. I, mean, I do too. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't think they're going to make any more moves unless there's an injury. So let me just I one really more t- top. Well, just one more thing before we finish up here, Jerome yeah, Ford, sure. you know, we talked about Jerome Ford earlier. So there's some folks out there that are saying, well, Robinson, uh, former back, I think Jacksonville is available. And we've talked many times on this show and other shows about those free agent running backs, even Kareem Hunt still out there. The idea that the Browns still have this cap space, the idea that, oh, we need should still bring in some sort of veteran to, go with Nick Chubb, but like we already talked about with Jerome Ford and, you know, the upside there and the potential, we haven't seen it yet. So I agree with you. I like the idea of giving Jerome Ford really that second fiddle. Just any, any, so you don't see the, the Browns well, investing. Um, uh, the third guy uh, from UCLA. Um, oh, yeah. No, it's yeah. Uh, he doesn't have any guaranteed money, but he is a, a Barry draft pick, so he could potentially get cut and they sign somebody. Uh, they're going to carry three running backs. They got to carry three quarterbacks because mm-hmm. uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson will never make it to the practice squad. Somebody mm-hmm. will pick him up. So mm-hmm. they usually they carry two 
and then they stash one on the practice squad. They're going to have to carry three quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. So that takes away one less guy mm -hmm. from the offensive 25. Mm -hmm. um, they usually carry three tight ends. They usually carry three running backs. They usually carry um, how many offensive linemen? Two centers, two tackles, two guards on each side. So, you know, it comes down to a numbers game with the wide receivers. Mm -hmm. That would leave six. And you pretty much got your six with Tillman mm -hmm. as the draft pick, Bell, yeah. uh, Marquise Goodwin, Cooper, yes. Elijah Moore. So, you know, you pretty much got your six. That's where this Jalen Darden, and I understand why, why this gentleman wrote about this because he had an outstanding camp and he can return punts and kicks. So, but I, I just can't see him getting rid of David Bell. Yeah, no, I can't. I, no, not at all. No. Um, well, Steve, I appreciate you coming on tonight. This is our Fanatical Elves show, part of our Fanatical Elves network. Yeah, Steve, we're. I'm so excited, Steve, that you're going to be coming on with this new show. We're going to call it Dog Pound. Dog Pound South. Uh, unlike all you other gentlemen, I don't live in Ohio. I don't live in Cleveland. I, mm -hmm. I live in another NFL city. I can I can look at this team from an outside looking in type mm -hmm. type situation. Um, so yeah. I don't have the local media and they're you know bombarding you with all their opinions and what they think and what they see. I'll listen to a, a Cleveland radio station while I work mm -hmm. just to get breaking news or anything like that. But right. you know I form my own opinion on what I see and what yeah. I read and what I hear. Well, you're an excellent writer, and that's gonna and you're gonna have an excellent podcast. So we can't wait to have that. Part I can't of our... wait to get started on the Fanatical Elf Network. Well, we appreciate you, Steve. Thanks for coming on the show tonight, uh, everybody. My pleasure, tune, John. You're welcome. Tune in this uh, Sunday. We'll have our any given Sunday kickoff show where we talk about all the great stuff that our shows are doing, and Steve's gonna be coming out with his new Dog Pound South uh, show. And uh, we're going to, yeah, have a great week. We got um, lots of things, more things to talk about next week. I'm sure there'll be more news. There always is if you're a Cleveland Browns fan. So let's hope there isn't a lot of player news. No, no. I'll see if I can about, go to France. With, go to uh, France. Go to Turkey. That's right. Uh, yeah, Turkey. Yes. All right. <laughs> but thanks again, everybody, for listening to the Fanatical Love Show. Take care. See you next time. Go Brownies. Go Browns. Oh, we, got, we got sirens over here. We got, you know, before we leave, we have this fire truck station that's right down the street from us. It's great. It's a great location. It always, you know, my son, Grant Man, my sidekick, is always in tune with the uh, uh, <laughs> jump into the window or to go out on the deck. All right, guys, take care. All right. Go Browns. Go Browns. Go Browns.